Hey guys, Jonathan here. You're listening to Demon Days, an actual play podcast with a focus on fiends and the friends who play them. I hope the day sees you safe, healthy, and in good spirits. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Arknight, whose maps, props, and minis bring our game to life. And I want to draw your attention to Kilowatt and her awesome art for our show. Seriously, go check it out. It rules. Also want to give a big shout out to Michaela Garrison, who edits our program and who has to deal with all of Andrew's chewing. Heart emoji, heart emoji, fire emoji. In standing in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement, we'd like to highlight an Indiegogo campaign for a documentary from B. Dave Walters called Dear America from a Black Guy. You can find all of that over on his Twitter, at B. Dave Walters, and we'll have a link in the show notes so you can go contribute to the campaign. To all our listeners, thank you so much for joining our tabletop adventure and having fun with us. We love you all. Now, let's get to today's episode. Friends, fiends, I promised a big story with big emotions, and by God, will I deliver. But first, could you pass me everything you've got? Yep, everything again. Good. Now time for the recap. When last we saw, the party acquired some blood and got to let off some steam in the process. Now strap yourselves in as we dive into more of these Demon Days. As the next day hits, you get to the end of your journey. Lisa, as the day emerges and you wake up, you continue that nervous feeling. And as you get up to the top of the ship, you see that you're getting closer to home. You start to recognize the geography, despite a fog that has rolled in. You start to realize, oh, there's these, these, this patch of swamp over here. You start to see the, the spoils. That's kind of a pretty rotten edge of swamp that you know, treasure hunters like to go to, creatures tend to fester in. You start to see some of these other things. And in the distance, too, you can start to see the shadow of the usurper's fall. Just faint, it's dark, kind of ominous, like a, a weird blight in the horizon that also doesn't help that, that nervous feeling. It's always been a, there's always been kind of a bad energy about that place, but being at the Varash Day has always kind of centered you and kept you from that because they can push that view away and hide it. You're, you're feeling closer to home. This is this is it. This is the last stretch. And even Horatio and Drago confer with you in Klekthaw and you guys start to get into position to reach home. As the Phoenix Blade starts to touch down into the water, you feel a slight jolt as the flight is ended and gravity kicks in. Klekthaw apologizes for the, the discomfort and he pulls a final set of levers to return the ship to its original function as a seafaring vessel. And the fog is still there and obscures pretty much almost everything outside the ship. And Lysa, you recognize this as part of the hiding of this place. Everything about the Varoshte from the outside kind of repels interest. Or it might not repel curiosity, but it re- it's unwelcoming. And even the sailors are like, oh, this place is kind of spooky. They, they're getting bad energies about it, but they're like, oh, okay, nervous, uh, okay. And you recall, like with the head to the north, there's a certain phrase that you have as like your 
password to get in and to essentially declare that you're, you're you and you're here and you're safe. Yeah. Um, so as we get into the boats and prepare to head into the fog, I'll kind of lead the way. And as we do, I will start chanting. And uh, I'll look back and be like, let's make sure we have that beam in the in the skirrel knife as well when we go. Yeah. Because you're bringing the boards and the knife, uh, Vanessa will tag along with you guys too, as well as Horatio. So those two will be the ones that that seem pretty like they seem to be the best choices for it. And Drago could keep an eye on the ship, and he doesn't mind nearly as much. As Vanessa gets on, I'm gonna tell her hide your arms, don't mention the blood magic. Okay. Follow my lead. She seems very familiar with that hiding herself. But that part of herself, and she even has extra cloth that she wraps around it, and she begins styling herself to hide everything that would resemble cuts. And she doesn't seem sad about it or anything, just, uh, yeah, she's used to that not being as well received. The boats are ready, and you guys start forward slowly, because you've got the chant to basically guarantee your passage in. So I'll stand at, or I'll be at the front of the boat, is a guide, and I'll start chanting. Grandash elamar varosh dea, chupesta varnash. Grandash elamar varosh dea, chupesta varnash. And it's not immediate, but you notice the fog start to dissipate and roll back like a blanket, even. you can. You, that's even the visualization you get in your mind, just as the fog rolls back, it kind of rolls like a, a sheet. And... You see the little island that has been your home for this whole time. You also see off to the to your left a bit the large posts in the middle of the water where you learned much of your balance, honed your dexterity. To you it was called the edge of the world. And you also remember the pain of the many times you fell, the taste of salt water and the coppery taste of blood as you've bled there, you've hit there. You've experienced a lot of pain and struggle and physical journey there. It's a visceral memory, but not a terrible one. Your feet even kind of tingle in response. Beyond that, you see up ahead the benediction key, and you see a few students even of the order staring in your direction, all with very immense curiosity. As the rest of the fog rolls back, it reveals a very bright and sunny day, actually. The weather is suddenly not as overcast and foggy. Your eyes immediately go to the Scalera, the big tower, and its simplicity and majesty. Your hands even ache as you remember the first time you successfully scaled that tower, and the muscles protested each time you tried and failed and tried and failed and then succeeded. You also remember where? That's where the Dea Mysteria hit a lot of the pulpy literature. When your eyes return back to the key, and as you guys get closer, you notice someone getting in, uh, someone there, looking in your direction and preparing to receive you. And as you get into the key, you notice a young male drow with dark gray skin and a messy mop of white hair, atop a face marred by three scars, the handiwork of some large creature's claw, perhaps. Uh, Lisa, you can roll a history for this if you want. Fifteen. You recognize the drow as Attendant Reese. He's one of the two attendants to the Damastera, Chalyatin, and they serve as needs. They are kind of uh, assistants. They also deal with any um, administrative stuff. They're just there to help, and they're there, and they're always kind of around. And when he's not immediately there, they're usually there. You also see, in the distance, coming up to the queue, the key, just not quite there yet, you do also see Chalyatin himself. 
to everyone else, you see a tall, dark gray-skinned drow with long white hair pulled back and a tight braid. And as he gets closer, you notice the vibrant magenta eyes. His right side of his face is pockmarked and uh, mangled from Lisa, you know from his time in the Underdark. He's never said exactly what's caused it, but you can infer based off of any history you have of drow and their very death-oriented matriarchal society that he probably had a lot of uh, combat in his time. John, would I know that? At least the thing about the drow and the Underdark? Do a, I guess, history? 17? Yeah, it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility that uh, any male in fighting shape would have scars like that if he maybe disappointed uh, uh, the matriarch of the family or the matron mother or any of the uh, priestess sisters or something like that. You could see one of them just in in an anger, just either splashing them with some sort of chemical substance or burning their face or something in a retaliative way. Even just looking at it, you notice it's long healed, still pockmarked, but long healed. So if, if it was anything, it was a lot longer ago. And yeah, the attendant receives you in and helps you guys up onto the key. And the other students kind of chill. They hang back. They've never seen so many tiefling in one place. So they're a little nervous. But the attendant is not deterred. He's like, welcome. Welcome, Lisa. Guides you in. Chaliatin, the Damastera, will be with us in a moment. Welcome. You're back. Yeah. Thank you, Reese. Oh, this is most interesting. We sensed something coming our way. And we were a little concerned, but... This is fortuitous. Oh, it's so great. And he's, he's, he smiles, and after he smiles, some of the youthfulness appears back in his face again. And he seems younger to you guys, the rest of you. A little bit more younger now. Now you kind of catch, oh, he's, he's not quite nearly as old. And then the uh, Chaliton himself appears and also looks at everyone and bows. Welcome, welcome. I see our esteemed has brought some friends. Welcome to the... Veroshtea. I would love to know each and every one of your names. I bow, and then I introduce everyone. Chalitan, it's great to be back. Met some people, I've seen some things. This is Yusuf, Fetter, Taslin, Captain Horatio, and, uh, and Vanessa. And she bows. Really exaggerated. Following whatever, whatever bows, whatever, whatever, I'm just following that. And I've also just got all of the spidey senses are just up. Yeah. You know, I'm just, you know, anything looking for something to go sideways, not doing anything about it, but just. Oh, for sure. And right now your spidey senses are picking up a lot of like, I don't know if you've ever experienced this much curiosity concentrated on like one dock before, but Mm -hmm. it's almost like it would almost make you self-conscious, like, oh, what am I... Do I have an extra horn in my head or something? Yeah. But yeah, uh, Charlieton, he nods to you, Lisa. Perfect. It's nice to meet all your friends. And if you are friends of our dear Lisa, you are friends of us, and you are welcome here. Uh, Attendant Reese here, he will show you all where you can stay. I must ask, do you plan to stay a while? What is your purpose here? Uh, Lisa, do you plan to be here permanently? These are a lot of questions for standing here on this dock. So if we want to recede back into the, the estate a bit, we can. Yes, please. It would it would be really helpful if we had some time to process all of this. Uh, we just arrived by boat. It's been quite the journey, and I'd like to speak with you about it a little bit more and a little bit more privately. 
Indeed, I was just about to suggest that we find a time to do that, to debrief. I know your walkabout may or may not be done, but it's good to check in. But there's time. We have time for this. This is... We're not here to rush. You are not in any trouble, are you? Do we need to rush? No. We don't need to rush, but... Hmm. We do need to act deliberately. Perfect. Are then Ragnar yes. and Vesper back yet? We saw them on the road. You did? Uh, no. If they are on their way back, they probably would have gone by foot. So they're still a little ways out. I haven't heard anything from them. And I assume they were okay when you saw them? Oh, they were great. Perfect. Then it sounds like their mission was a success. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. But they can take care of themselves. What about Wally and Cloud? That may be part of our uh, debrief. I thought so. Now, there's been some serious complications with their journey, and it has everything to do with you. I figured as much. But it is not this time to discuss this. You must take some time, recover your spirits. You've taken a long journey here, and if your people on that ship need any supplies, we have, we have enough that they can use. They can make use of our facilities. They will have to see in with uh, either Reese or my other attendant. And he kind of leans back and just kind of waves, like, motions his hand back to the rest of the Roche I will let you be. And he bows. And he starts moseying back toward the uh, Scalera. And yeah, directly ahead of you guys, you notice that there is... Lisa, you know this as the mess hall where it's like a kind of a little mini compound of food places to cook and to eat. And basically it's a very free and open concept. Uh, There is someone there to cook things, but you also cook your own things. And they kind of have that right there nestled right after the, the key. John, what is the, what's the architecture here look like? You said it was a little foreboding, but it also kind of blends in with the swamp. Like what do these buildings kind of look like? More of the landscape when the fog was in, it was more foreboding. Okay. Now it's a lot more simplistic structural designs, not, not very much ornamentation. Mm-hmm. The facades are all pretty much stone or sandstone, or they're not built for sturdiness except for the Scalera, which is heavy stone and fortifi- almost fortified. That's the only one that is to withstand anything. The rest are more... They, they vary between huts and little stone buildings or sandstone buildings. So it's a lot more basic a lot more purposefully simplistic, going for more of a zen thing. So there's a lot more foliage too incorporated into the design. You get the sense that not not a lot of bad weather in this particular patch, so a lot more palm fronds and things like that. But it is a very neutral look. Mm -hmm. And a lot more, um, everything seems brighter here, and it's probably because of the stone and the sand that they use. Everything is just more bright and more reflective of the sun. And you also notice it is a lot warmer here, too. You you all, Yusuf, Taslin, Fetter, even Horatio and Vanessa, you all kind of like wave your shoulder. He's like, oh, this is actually kind of kind of heated today. <laughs> and Reese is like, this is every day. Lisa, if you think we have a moment to decant, as it were, I'm, I'm happy to go with Reese and send word back to my father and perhaps uh, help organize the resupply for the boat, if that's all right. Unless you think our, we're better served here for the moment, but I'm happy to at least let them know that we're okay and start that process. But I leave it to you. 
I mean, can't Horatio and Vanessa handle that? I'd rather we all stay together. Certainly, certainly. We need to be able to to hear everything and, and to ask all the questions. And I just, I want to make sure that we are together on this. 100%. Hmm. And Vanessa nods too, like, yeah, no, we can go back and, and even re-steps forward. I can go with them. That is no trouble at all. And help facilitate anything, uh, declare our welcome, if you will. I'm sure that'll put everyone at ease. I'm sure our little cover, our fog cover, is a little bit threatening. At least I hope it is. Otherwise, it doesn't serve its purpose. And he smirks. Lisa, should we have them bring the beams from the boat with us? I just assumed we kept it with us and that we wouldn't have left it unattended. Cool. Yeah. So I'll I'll happily take one side of that if Yusuf wants to take the other as we just kind of walk that in. Does that seem... Yeah, sure. Yeah, you guys start taking that further in past the the mess hall and a few people give you looks but they otherwise are like okay these are the guests they've all been cleared the day mastera was here we're good and yeah vanessa heads back with uh reese to uh go to the ship and deal with those details as that's his job and uh, almost immediately as soon as reese is away you see another drow appear Uh, not nearly as tall same dark gray skin bald though and one eye is wrapped in a clean white cloth and Lisa, you know him as Rook, the second attendant to Chaliton. Uh, he's a little bit more curt. He's like, welcome, everybody. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? It is going well. Do your friends need help with their uh, piece of wood? We'll keep it to ourselves for now, if that's okay. Acceptable. Let me know if you need anything. I will be around. And he kind of lets you guys be, but he's kind of hu- doesn't really so much hover. as just he wanders around nearby. Does his eye look like something that's part of, that he would have sustained during normal training, or is that unusual? Not unusual. He's had that eye injury for a while, and... Oh, okay. Yeah. And you know that it bothers him, uh, especially with drows, and since this is a place of a lot of sunlight, you don't notice it so much with Chaliton that the sunlight bothers him, and you get the sense that because that's because he's been an overlander for a while... But Reese and Rook uh, do have a little still... They still have some issues with the sunlight, and whatever happened to Rook's eye the sunlight makes it worse. Hmm. But yeah, he doesn't he doesn't disturb you guys. He gives you your space and you know that like I said he's available. And he just maintains a presence but uh one that isn't like nosy. And yeah. For now, you just have a few students off to the key looking at you a little bit and then just kind of like, "Oh, <laughs> running away to their uh, assignments." But you're left you're left alone now. You're roughly around the uh, mess hall area. Lisa. Yes. Is there Something that can be done for his eye? I don't know. Where is that at? It's an old injury. He's, ha- he's been that way since I've known him. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was something I could heal or not. I don't know if they would be super stoked on that either. I had a feeling. Wondering if stars are kind of a rite of passage. A little bit. So I think we should meet with... The day, Mystera, after we've had a chance to eat some food or just decompress here for a second. And then, I mean, I think it's just got to be cards on the table. 100%. I know, you know it's better to operate in secrecy, but these guys are on such tight lock. I think it's better to just, to just put it out there and see what they've got for us. And just, yeah. Lisa, your order seems, I mean, to be largely of one mind. Do you think there are any, any here that are perhaps agents of 
or any who could have been corrupted by outside forces. I mean, just the proximity to Usurper's Fall, if the cult is in operation here, I don't. What I mean, what's your your take, John? Would I have any knowledge of like kind of factionalization within the cult or anything like what Fetter's saying? Would it be a history check? Yeah, I do a history check. Oh, great. Cool. That's a 21. No, you haven't... Uh, in any of your, in all your time here, there's never been any sort of factionalization. If you're the drow, as part of... Because of their rougher heritage, and most of the drow here are male, and you see a few of them around, they've, they've all kind of had this, like, escape refugee kind of vibe about them. They've, they know a different way of life, and if anything, they're still acclimating to something that's a little bit more holistic and more communal and not under the stressful eye of Lolth. So if anything, there's that division, but that's just because they're working through some shit. And that's really the only thing that it could ever, like, if anything, you could question some of the motivations, but at the same time, they're very relieved to be here. And also, yeah, everyone here is of that one mind, and Chalyatin, the Dame Astera, has really honed everyone in to one purpose in the study, the, the life and death and its relationship and all that. It's not too different from Horatio's ship. People are kind of bound by damage. And so they're kinder to one another, or they're easier to unify together because they share that damage. Or not unlike us at the tower, you know? Yeah, I suppose. It's just so profoundly different coming from a household where the damage ends up constantly turning and returning us all against each other. But um, That's why we don't hide anything here. Yeah. Very good. Just let me know when you guys are ready and we'll have Rook summon the team. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, you know, cup of tea or whatever, bit of coffee and let's do it. Took us long enough to get here, yeah? <laughs> yeah, you get settled in pretty quickly. Lisa, you're pretty familiar with the habits of just you come and kind of do as you wish and just let the uh, the cook know you're there and you just kind of can fend for yourself. Everyone else, it's a little bit of an adjustment. You're not like, there's not just attendance there and all the implements are just there in various stations and available to you. But you all do notice as you guys turn to like focus on taking a breather, getting some coffee, you notice this <laughs> turtle off in the distance near one of the bigger pots. Tall, even while hunched over with a shell that has been overtaken by sharp and jagged crystalline shapes that seem to glow brighter with heightened emotion, and they also seem to reflect very vibrantly every now and then from the sunlight above. And you see some of the skin around him, some of the edges seem to be corrupted as well by whatever this stuff is, and is attached to his shell. And it doesn't seem too threatening, it seems, and Lisa, you know this, it's more of just where he grew up, it's just crystallization from the environment. That doesn't seem too phased by it. But uh, at the moment, he is instruct, like pointing to someone and kind of being a little bit harsh with them, but not too, not too unusual, kind of uh, scolding them. And that person, you, you happen to notice that they're tall, thin, uh, muscular, with orange skin and hair. That's a darker shade of orange with ears that are really whoo, tall. Uh, the hair has tied itself into a rope twist braid that puffs out at the end. And she seems to like, like, oh, what? Trying to figure something out. They're dealing with stuff at the moment. But otherwise, the uh, mess hall area is pretty much emptied. Lisa, lead the way. You know, whatever you think is best. 
Well, are you guys hungry? I could eat. Sure. Okay. So you make your own food. Fetter, if you want that bean water, you can prep it yourself. You can try some of those new recipes you picked up. Yes, please give me bean water. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just rub Taz's back real quick. And uh, yeah, I'll try out one of these new variations on the old bean water. While you guys get food, I'll just tell Rook we're going to eat. Like, let's do this. All right. So we're going to do this as in you guys are just eating or you're going to summon the people? Well, I mean, I think the idea is that we'd eat and he could summon people. I'm sure it's going to take some time. People don't just, like, teleport willy-nilly around here. Right. That That's not this monastery. <laughs> <laughs> the monastery of the uh, immediate teleporters is a very interesting place, but neither here nor there. Uh, Rook does nod. He gets your message, and he's like, I, I, will, I will start bringing people around. Uh, enjoy your time. And don't let uh, Remold total over there bother you too much. But do say hi. Yeah, I'm sure he's missed you. And he heads off. And yeah, Fetter, you're with your bean water and trying the different recipes. It takes a minute because everything's just kind of there in the station. And it's also in different, like, it's not organized like any normal kitchen or sure. uh, dining area setup you've ever been to. It's a little bit more free. And some places, some stations have the tool you need, some don't. And some don't immediately conform to what you're used to. Mm-hmm. But you do, see, you, you can see kind of what the turtle over there is doing and a few other people as they come by and you get the vibe maybe takes you 20 minutes of just figuring out the the tools and you're like this is kind of a nice setup and you're on your way with your different coffee recipes and i'll uh i'll hand one to taslin and i'll offer my flask (laughs) to like maybe put a little little tipple or something in there yes just to thank you you are okay you are wonderful yeah and I put, like, a little bit more than he'd expect me to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Nice. Do you mind if I smoke? Is it anything that weird? Really going to be weird about? No. Okay. All right, I smoke just... all... I, I smoke. Remember when I tried to light my own cigarette? Right, of course. Several no, I just, times? You know, very, you know, P's and Q's, you know? And R's and S's. <laughs> well, as you get, you get your smoke going... After a, maybe a few minutes, you do hear a voice kind of chime in as it gets closer. Yeah, you got another one of those for me? And you turn in, there's the turtle. There's Remold right there. Certainly, kinda, uh, friend Remold. Uh, yeah, I'll, let me roll you one. Yeah, it's nice to meet you. Fetter. Fetter. And he takes the... It's The, the smoke looks absolutely tiny in his, in his bulky frame. Oh, this is very good. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Y'all are new here. I see, uh... I'm not. No, no. Hey, there you go, Lisa. And he hobbles. Not really hobble, but he, like, he makes his way over to you. Give this old turtle a, a hug. And it's, like, he's massive. But he's, like, trying to not <laughs> do too much about it. Yeah, and then big old hug. And he's like, oh, it's sight for sore eyes. I, it's been a while since, uh... Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, how you been? <sighs> busy. Very busy. Um, oh. We've had a lot happen. Glad to be back. Yeah. Can take a break from being so important to visit us little people. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll never be little, Remold. Oh, it'd be helpful sometimes. Be able to get into more buildings. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter so much here, but... That's why we don't have walls in this mess hall. Uh, who are these friends of yours, though? I, 
And what is this thing you're drinking? It looks very curious to me. Fetter, please explain the magic of bean water. Listen, uh, certain places, and I believe I have a, a bit of a... We've stocked up. I could leave a bag here for you guys. Uh, certain beans and grown various climates, not too dissimilar to this one. Uh, once roasted, can be ground and then percolated through hot water. And the effect is both robust and a little bitter and very pleasing, invigorating. Good for the mornings. Uh, not bad with a bit of hard drink mixed in. A little cream, if that's your style, but mm. I, prefer, I prefer to take one in the morning. You know what I mean? But uh, I could show you how. If we, we've got a moment. I would love to experience this and learn it uh, so that I may teach it. And if there are any materials out in the wild that we can actually get and recreate this effect, it'll be perfect for me. Sure. I like this one. He dresses well, and he has a fancy drink. And then you two... Uh, so, so I kind of look the, up from the cup, and I'm staring at him just a little bit too intently. Like, are those crystals decoration? Or... Ugh. No, growth. Uh, I slept too long for an age, and seems like crystals grew on me, and mm. I can't get rid of them, but they're not doing much mm -hmm. now. Look kind of cool, and he shifts his back a little bit. Whoosh, whoosh, and the uh, sunlight glints on it. It's uh, part of me. Can't do much about it, so I'm embracing it. That's a good philosophy. Yeah. Very good philosophy. Hmm. It's also cool to look at. It is indeed. Your name's Re Remold? Is that right? Remold. Ah. Remold Knock. Yeah. Ah, uh, hello. I didn't have a name before I came here. And oh, how interesting. Yeah, I didn't really care about such things, and I was told that names are very helpful. They can be. Even if... Yeah. And yeah, I don't care otherwise, but the, the, the name suits. It works. I like how it feels when I say it. With this is a mouth of mine. It's, it feels good to say my name, so hey, I'll keep it. Wonderful. And then this guy, and who's your friend? The one with the hooves. This is this is uh. I kind of slap him on the back. This is Yusuf. He doesn't wear pants. Yusuf. Oh. It's a pleasure to meet you. I extend my hand. And he takes it, and it 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 jolts you a little bit. You weren't expecting it to be so hearty and so thick, but. I mean, a really tall, giant turtle is... he said. Gonna be a powerhouse. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to this place. Uh, yeah, feel free to make yourself at home, and uh, you look like a meditating type. I would recommend... And he points back to the... the um, he points shakily back to the, the pole sticking out of the water. If you can swing it, the edge of the world is a great place. At the late twilight hours to find clarity... I can't get up there myself. I'm not very dexterous, but the students love it, and it's good. It's a good place. The air is just right, from what I've told. Not too windy. Perfect. I'll give it a shot. Mm. Yes. Perfect. Is there anything I can do for you? I must continue to scold one of our new students. Sounds tiring. Yes, and it is only morning. I will need some more of this bean water. Almost soon. Certainly. Well, um, we're, there's an exchange of supplies coming from our ship. I'll make sure that some is left uh, here for you, Remo. Yes. And when you have a moment, teach me these this preparation. 
And if there are tools that we need to have made that will make this better, I want them. Sure, I'll, I'll show you my setup in a bit. Please. Yeah. yeah. Please. And he goes, and he saunters over roughly <laughs> to the very strange elf like Eldrin type having serious issues with cooking. Lisa, is there a place to craft things here? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, you would know that to be. There's probably stuff here at the Halls of Enlightenment. There's some stuff there. Because uh, it's also for. You remember the educational purposes, but they also have a lot of stuff for uh, blacksmithing, crafting, and things like that. Okay. That's where I learned to do so much uh, of my own clothing work and my shoes and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. You gotta be able to take care of yourself out in the world, so they teach us stuff. Also, there's better ways to meditate here than standing on the the pain pole in the ocean. Don't listen to the turtle. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> I see That boss back yet? Yeah, by now uh, Rook uh, reappears And Chaliton is not too far behind They both bow when they approach I bow back We'll bow back, yeah so Whatever Lisa does back to them, I don't I like that you're taking this I kind of like Bow into the cup And then back up. <laughs> Oh, like baby Yoda yeah, a little bit. Like Baby Yoda, just like bowing into the cup and then back up. Yeah. In, in a way that like you're still, like is it like a hangover or something? I'm, I'm going to... Yeah. Chatton, seeing your exaggerated emotion, he's going to do an insight on you. She is not hiding it. For about... Okay. Yeah, for about 20. He smiles. Hmm. I assume you had some fun. When, uh, when they bow, John... Do they close their eyes, or do they keep them on the person they're bowing to? They kept them on the people they're bowing to. Okay. He gives Tazlin a nod to, understandingly, like, I would try making some of the soup we have available. That also has a bit of a kick. Hmm. I will try just about anything. Perfect. He leans over to Rook. Uh, Rook, why don't you provide a little bit of our, the day's special over to her? And he nods and heads off to pester the, the turtle. And yeah, Chaitan sits next to you guys. So, you've had a few moments to situate yourselves here. And I guess, is this where we get down to business? Lisa, I know you and I have business later to debrief. But is there stuff that we can all discuss here now? I check in with these guys. What do you guys think? Whatever, whatever needs to be done. And also, the business of the Dea Mysteria is the business of the Dea Mysteria. So, again, I can't stress enough that we don't have nosy people here. They will be disciplined. Well, you never know what kind of ears are out there. That is true. It is up to you. If there are other corners of this place that you wish to take them to, or we can talk, that's fine. We have a few of the quarters... Uh, the Hall of Enlightenment and all that. Uh, we can find a private room there. Uh, but also, and he looks around. We are only beset by a turtle and our unfortunate new student. I mean... I don't think they are going to be feeding any criminal organizations. And he gives a glance questioningly at Tazlin. And then, or 
families. And he kind of glances quickly at Fetter, but then... Mm-hmm. I kind of, like, look back at him. Like, I narrow my eyes a little bit. Can you send that Eldrin on our way, and then we'll have this chat? Yes, I can do that. Thank you. He makes eye contact with uh, Remold, and he points in a very direct, like, like kind of get her out of there. And it's a, not a very elaborate motion, but Remold is like, okay. Eldrin have been kind of portents of doom for us on this fucking adventure, so. And yeah, she, and she heads off. And even, even, even Remold just is like, fuck this. And he starts walking away. I relay to them. We start telling the story, right? Like, the two towers, stuff that we strategically leave out. I might leave out some of the stuff with Fetter's family. And then there's a lot that I don't know about Taz's sitch. And then we just tell him, like, we think that one of these two towers here down south, or two of the, both of these towers here down south have something to do with this. And... I'm going to finish off the story by just telling him that I know about Wally and Cloud, and he needs to tell me what's up. Okay. Huh. Is there anything else anyone wants to add? Interject. Nope. Taslin, or I am eyeing him a little bit more intently. My head's a little bit tilted. And my back's a little straighter, but don't really have much. I'm watching to see when we hit certain key points his if he if his reaction belies anything mentions of you know where i'm from whatever taslin says of my family's kind of involvement you know i just kind of want to anything that you know i'm kind of doing an eye for detail thing about any of his reactions anything that really kind of he viscerally reacts to in the telling of the tale yeah the uh, mentions of the cult anything like that right and uh, Feder, you see more of a reaction. It's subtle, but you see more of a reaction during, like, kind of in the beginning where you guys wake up, the mysterious, like, the stuff that, you, not knowing what happened, losing time, that bothers him. You see him visibly twitch at that. Mention the towers, they don't seem to bother him as much in that that doesn't surprise him, especially not with uh, the Shattered Lands. That's just a history thing. He knows the history of it and all that. The riders for whatever you tell them of them those raises eyebrow and other than that everything seems to be centered a little bit more concern around uh, lace's part of the experience and he seems searching he seems to his, his eyes are kind of searching her a little bit for and lace you know this chaliton's always been interested in what you're getting out of this and how you're reacting he's been very he really zeroes in on the times where you maybe get a little bit like, well, I felt like this, or I felt this was happening, and this felt weird to me. And as you get into some of the emotions and the subjectivity, he's interested in that, in your telling of it. So, towers, destruction. And you think the Usurper's Fall has something to do with this? Yeah, we think Usurper's Fall, and uh, we think Kassaris might have something to do with it too. But I really need you to tell me about Wally and Cloud, because what I saw in that tower was terrifying. Are you okay with your friends hearing this? <sighs> well, so after you left on your walkabout, there were rumors of some activity from the hells. And we didn't pay much attention to it until the 
where Tiefling came into play. Demon, kin, devils, things like that. And it started to coincide with just too many details from your past. Uh, especially the particular report of someone from Avernus seeking out a lost child of theirs. Or what they claim to be lost. And so I sent Wally and Sundered Cloud out. They can be pretty covert about these things. And also they know you more than others. And what you said is both unfortunate and not unexpected. I have received some word from Wally and reports from that direction that he's in the town of Gurn in the Hallowed Valley and he's recovering and if luck holds Vesper and Ragnar should encounter him on their way back and if not we'll send someone out or if he becomes well enough to travel he'll make his way back there's not much we can do for him at this time I just wish we could have done something about Sundered Cloud. I don't like leaving any bodies around of ours. Because they don't belong to anyone else. They belong to them. And they belong... <sighs> they need to be back here. And if it's true that Catla's back, then... You are going to have some decisions to make, Lisa. Decisions I would hope that you wouldn't have to make. So you've known. You've known who my mom was. And you've known I was from Avernus this, or that she's from Avernus this whole time. And you never told me. I was told not to. I made a promise. To whom? You found me in the woods. I didn't even know. Well... I'm sure you've, you have a certain idea of your father. And you guys have been traveled around these parts. And I happened to meet him years ago. And we talked. And uh, I was more interested in selling this place, this idea to whoever I could. And he told me some stuff. And I promised him I wouldn't say a thing. Against my better judgment, of course. But also, with your walkabout nearing, there's a vulnerability to that. And the... And Avernus is... something else. So you knew my dad. And he knew he was going to die? Like, I don't get it. More like he had feelings that things wouldn't go well. And in a place that prides itself on openness, you chose not to tell me. Yes. And it wasn't right. No. I just need you to tell me a little bit more about my dad. Sorry, guys. We'll get to the towers in a second. This is just insane. Sure. Lisa, take your time. 
Yeah, take your time. And John, I'm gonna do. I'm doing ear for deceit. Yeah. On him, and do do. Oh, not great. It's only a 14. Well, actually, no, that goes up to an eight. Da, 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 17 for any like fucking Jedi bullshit half truth like things he's not saying. You know that he's trying to like. You uh, know what I mean? Fetter, you, yeah, yeah, no, and and you catch, you catch that he is very conflicted about this, but also he he's broken kind of a fundamental tenet. Like I said, I knew him for a short time. Yeah, it was just a simple promise. Very simple one that the heritage of his experience, his life, anything involving it, was nobody's business but his. All right, well, we need to find out about these towers so that these guys could get on their way. But I have shit to do because of you. Yes. You were not the first one to chide me on that. I don't need your pity. I need this information right now because I know what I'm going to do. Sure. I'm going to send these guys on their way. I'm going to send them with a fourth vial of blood, and then I'm going to go chase my mom. We need information on... Usurper's fall. Usurper's fall, and... We need to get these guys as much information as they can to get to Usurper's fall. For sure. And then I'm going to go find Wally and find my mom. Okay. Sorry, guys, but... Yeah. The library is available, and what I can tell you immediately is that there has been some cultish activity down that way. So if you go down that direction, I would be careful. As far as the stuff about Avernus, the library is yours, even my own. But I can tell you that and he searches for the words. There's a lot of infernal movement in general. Ever since the new year started, the hells are have a particular interest in our world, our plane. And we don't have any resources to figure out exactly what. But to your situation, Avernus is calling home its own. Something big is brewing. Something violent. And I'm unsure of how to deal with it. And Taslin, as you're listening to this, Taslin, you specifically, roll a perception. I got a 21. Uh, as the fold of his sleeve, like uh, some of it, his sleeve falls a little bit. You notice a little uh, raven tattoo underneath the arm. But he hides it pretty. Like he, as soon as you notice it, he's just like, he's hiding it. I make it very clear to him, just from like a quirk of my eyebrow and kind of like a tilt of my head that I saw it. And then the important detail is your mother. Have you had any dreams, by any chance? I have. In the hierarchy of Avernus, there's Zariel, and then there's Katla. And there is a reason why they've been the top dogs there for as long as I've existed, maybe even longer. They are powerful. And your mother, if the story is true, I'm stretching a little bit from my knowledge of this particular part of history, she had a chance to kill Zariel, or redeem her, or join her, and she chose joining her. Now, that is distant past, and unfortunately, years in Infernal is very muddy. And he, le- he looks down 
He's deep in thought for a moment. A long moment. You think I've got to make the choice, too? You probably will. And Federer, you notice this, too. Like, he's starting to... Some of his composure is cracking a bit, and he's just kind of... He... Federer, you, you know this type of, like, tenseness and posturing from someone who is at war with himself on this. Mm-hmm. It may come down to a final decision of killing or joining. I'm going to kill her. Let's be honest. I'm going to kill her, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to kill you. You guys are better off being only three in the tower because they can't activate it if I'm not, if there's not four of us there. Don't let Cadence go. I'm going to go find my mom. And then I'm coming for you. He nods. Lisa, there's, it sounds like your mindset. I know that voice. Is there anything we can say or do to aid you, help you, divert you from this course of action? Help me by stopping them on your end. Go to the tower. Let's take them down. Okay. Let's do it. That's what we set out to do. Let's let's make this all worthwhile. We've all lost so much. We can't get it back, but we can prevent more from happening. Right? Yeah. <sighs> and Chaliton, he looks, he looks down and just doesn't say another word. Eventually, he stands up and bows. If you need me, let me know. Otherwise, my attendants are around. And he walks away. I'm going to kill him. Just say one. I'm going to come back. I'm going to kill him. We'll happily help you. Just as much as we'd love to help you find your mother. I'm going to kill her, too. I think I can do it. I know you can. I give, ta- I, I give Taz just the biggest hug. I hug her back and slap her on the ass <laughs> with my tail. <laughs> 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 Keep Fetter in line, okay? You know I'm gonna try and talk you into at least letting us start this out with you or getting some conclusion by coming to the tower. I think it's safer if I don't go. I think if there's three of us instead of four, I mean, kill Cadence if you have to. You know I'd love that. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I just think it's safer. If she's able to track me, that just adds one more weird factor to this whole thing. If Avernus is bringing people home, it just becomes another magnet. You know how that goes. I think we're all magnets at this point. So let's spread them out and weaken the force. Or let me spread mine out. Let me do this for you guys. I think it'll be okay. We'll cross paths. Like, I'll come back. We'll be together again. And we'll have, like, the most rager, like, orgy. Victory orgy. I don't mean to make light. I'm scared. But I think it's the right thing to do. You better fucking promise. You know I fucking do. Tail swear. Tail swear? (laughs) Because if you don't come back, we are coming after you. And we will drag you back kicking and screaming. I kick harder than all of you. No, you won't. I will train... I will train, and I will make sure that my tail is able to get you in the stinker harder than anything else. (laughs) I love you guys so much. I love you, too. I'm going to walk up. I'm going to pull a page out of the, like, rip a page out of the journal and fold it up and give it to her and be like, if you ever need us, just scribble, yeah? Oh, God damn it, Johnny! Ah! Ah! 
I'm sorry, the whole if you ever need us. Yes, yeah, should you ever need us. Ah! Sorry, Labyrinth. Sorry. I get it. I do. I'm gonna miss you. It's not gonna feel right. It's gonna be weird. Keep your head on a swivel, yeah? Always. Yeah. I'll give her a hug. Give him a big hug. Then I turn to Yusuf. Take care of him. They won't listen to me, but I'll try. Don't be afraid to kill shit every once in a while. It's fun. I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss you too. He'll pull her in an auger. He's gonna uh, reach into his bag and pull out the potion of hill giant strength that he has. He's like, if you ever need to punch somebody just a little bit harder, just take this. I can't. You guys need this more than I do. You're on your own now. I'm not. I'll be back. Pull everyone in for a big group hug. Yeah? <laughs> Then at least take it so you can punch your mother harder in the face. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna hand her Melanthar's Zafan family signet ring and uh, Fee's necklace and make sure she's got her black rose pin. Okay. And I'd be like, I know that family's a complicated thing and I know that mine's exceptionally complicated, but Use these if you should run into anybody. Wield them slyly or as a cudgel, but the Zafan name has certain weight, and as far as I'm concerned, it will always cover you as best as it can. And I don't have to sign anything. Nah, no, take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna head to the stables, grab a horse, go. Diverge from a hidden monastery, and Lisa takes one to go kick some serious ass. Will the party ever see her again? Who can say? The journey will be long and extremely difficult, but something tells me she'll get it done. And now, I must be off, but come back next week and I will tell you more of these Demon Days. looks disapprovingly at Abby the Cobalt. <laughs> Have you met any kobolds? <laughs> the cutest one! <laughs> Called P-Touch! Yeah, that is the key to your self- no. It is the key to your salvation. <laughs>